Life Issues with Vicky Gibbons on UCB One. A dove speaking in tongues, a fire, the breath of God. How about we add in some Greek while we're at it? Paraclete, meaning advocate or comforter. We've barely started and already many words, experiences and symbols spring forth when we consider the Holy Spirit. What a moment to have witnessed at Pentecost with the disciples. There they were waiting yet again on a promise Jesus had made to experience the helper abiding in them. And then the work of the Holy Spirit proving pivotal to the growth of the early church. But how important is the Holy Spirit to you and me today? Why do different denominations offer different understandings of the Holy Spirit? How do we identify what a genuine spirit-filled life looks like? And ultimately, why let the spirit of truth be our guide? I'm Vicky Gubbins, and my guest today on UCB's Life Issues is the Reverend Dr Tanya Harris, who's the founding director of God Conversations. Whilst we're sharing this time together, you can discover more about this global ministry online at godconversations.com. It offers to equip us to recognise and respond to God's voice. Such a pleasure, Dr. Tanya Harris, to have you with us today. Look, before we start to explore then how we've ended up with a fragmented and sadly sometimes distorted approach to God's spirit, let's begin with our understanding of the spirit. Um, From your research at the time of church leadership of the Trinity, do you think we find it easier to teach and learn and explore more about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit is kind of that awkward third wheel for many of us? <laughs> it's so true. My friend said to me recently, she said, you know, Jesus isn't here, um, so why aren't we talking more about the Spirit? And I, I, I kind of caught myself and thought, you can't say that. That sounds a bit heretical. But then I realised, oh, my gosh, it's so true. Jesus has left the planet, but he left us his spirit. So, therefore, we should be having a lot of conversations about what the spirit is doing and saying. And I think you're right. It is kind of like the awkward partner in the room, if you like. And we, we sing about Holy Spirit and we say it in the creeds, but we don't always talk about what Holy Spirit is doing in our lives experientially. Mm. You're honest that you come from this place of scepticism, of testing, more head, cerebral knowledge. What was it that sparked this yearning to hear God's voice for you? I think it was jealousy, (laughs) (laughs) to be honest. Uh, Vicky, I met a friend at university and I knew a lot about the Bible. Like I was raised on really exegetical sermons. Uh, I read the Bible from cover to cover, King James, the whole thing. I remember getting a commentary for my 16th birthday while everyone else was getting nail polish, you know. Um, But I remember chatting with this friend of mine and she had this different relationship with God. It was much more experiential. And she would say things like, God spoke to me. And I'm like, what is that like? (laughs) And so she would tell me and I I just recognised in her a, a different type of relationship with God, one that was more personal 
and more emotional, I would say. And I, I basically got jealous and I said, I want that, mm. whatever that is. Uh, I look in the Bible as well. Obviously, there's lots of God conversations throughout the Bible. God is talking to a lot of people. And I read those stories. You know, God spoke to Abram and I think, well, I've not heard that. And then we'd get the missionaries come through and they would tell stories and I'd get jealous of their stories. So I think that's what sparked my journey into hearing God's voice for myself. How do you explain who the Spirit is, first of all? Because the Bible gives us lots of descriptions about gifts and fruits of the Spirit. But how have you come to personally know God's Spirit? Oh, that's such a great question. I Through hearing God's voice, I would say, you know, um, at a baseline level, theologically, and this is, I, I work a bit in, in my book um, on this topic about how we need to link Holy Spirit to Jesus. Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send you my spirit. My spirit will remind you of everything I've said, everything that's written for us in scripture, but you're going to have a lot more questions and I can't tell you everything right now, but don't worry because my spirit's going to come and speak to you about things to come. And so that's what we see at Pentecost, and we see the Spirit talking about um, the ministry, the ongoing ministry and mission of Jesus that was started by Jesus, but now continued by the church through the power of the Spirit. So we see that happening in Scripture. So my question is, well, what does that look like for us? Mm-hmm. And I think um, for me, hearing from God, you know, I some of the early days, I remember thinking, I knew that God had a plan for our lives, but now I knew that, now I know that God has a plan for my life. And the the deep, intimate, personal nature of God became real to me, which then gave me a capacity to respond emotionally. I felt love for God and um, an intimate knowledge of God that felt very different from knowing about God knew about God's sovereignty, knew about God's goodness, but now I had experienced it for myself. So that was the difference. Uh, I also think the Holy Spirit I've discovered is incredibly strategic, very clever, ironic, and quite funny at times. So (laughs) I think um, that came out of some of the stories in my first book. Um, They still make me laugh, the way that Holy Spirit works and speaks. And as part of this latest book, you have captured many other individuals' experiences of the spirit, both good and bad as well. But just recap for us um, how God's spirit, how you heard from God and how that shaped where you've ended up in terms of being the founding director of God Conversations and your role within the church. Yeah, well, I think it just started off by asking God, speak to me, whatever you want to say, I, I, I will follow and just make it clear. That was my condition. And so God spoke to me to go into ministry, which was something that was really unexpected. And then I went into ministry and went and studied and became a pastor of a church and was involved in theological education and sort of asking, what am I, God? And God spoke to me about well, everything you've learned about hearing my voice, I want you to take that and pass it on to other people. And so the Ministry of God Conversations was born about 15 years ago. But throughout that time when I've been traveling and speaking to people in so many different churches, cultures, denominations, all the same questions kept coming up. And then you'd hear the really good stories, um, you know, like in the Bible, 
Like there's one story in the book about an Australian farmer who was in the middle of the drought and he has a dream and God speaks to him about what plant to sow. And he takes the step of faith and does that. And then the rain comes and basically it saves his farm. Like it's a great story. But then you also hear the bad stories, you know. Um, and I'd heard a lot of those too, a lot of the confusion, a lot of the quibbling, a lot of the lack of discernment. And so I wanted to solve that problem, so to speak. I wanted to address those issues in the church and in individual lives. So this area is shrouded a lot in confusion and um, there is clarity because I, I often think, well, Jesus left the spirit. He left and he trusted the church to be able to hear from the spirit and the spirit leads us into all truth. Mm. And if that's true, then Jesus said it's better that he go mm. and we have the spirit. So there's, a, there's that positive understanding from Jesus' point of view that he trusts humanity to hear from God. But obviously there's checks and balances within that. And we're going to come on to those checks and balances during this conversation. Many of us jump straight to what happened with the disciples at Pentecost and the gifting of the Holy Spirit. But perhaps then we do need to start with the old covenant prophets before, as you say, we can fully understand the covenantal upgrade that happened. Yeah, back in the old covenant, um, we see the Spirit speaking to the nominated anointed prophets. They were asked, tasked with the ability of hearing from God. Interestingly, though, at the beginning of that process with Moses, God wanted to speak to everybody, but they were too scared. And they mm. said to Moses, you go and listen to God for us and come back and tell us what God said. So you get this kind of middleman, this secondhand conversation that goes on and the prophets hear from God, often in dreams and visions. And then they prophesy, they speak out or pass on what God has said. So God is still speaking. And so you still get the spirit at work and you still see this beautiful partnership developing between God and humanity with the goal of bringing God's purposes to earth. But even the prophets knew that this wasn't ideal and they looked forward to another time when the spirit would come and write his words on our hearts. And Jeremiah says that everyone would know God for themselves. They wouldn't need someone else to teach them. And so, of course, you get that monumental shift on the day of Pentecost where now sons and daughters, young and old, everyone can have visions and dreams. Everyone can hear from God in the same way that the old covenant prophets could. And they can prophesy, they can speak out God's words and pass it on and live according to them. So this beautiful dynamic of two-way personal direct relationship is the mark of what it means to follow Jesus today. When I follow Jesus, I receive the spirit, the continuing voice of Jesus, and I participate in his ongoing ministry and mission by the Spirit. Um, it's so exciting. I, I still say hearing from God is one of the best experiences on earth because it's a privilege and to hear what God is saying and doing in, on the planet. It should be exciting. And yet, sadly, for some of us within the church, we have lost our enthusiasm and our engagement for that in our relationship with God. And we're going to explore why that is today. You're listening to Life Issues with Dr. Tanya Harris. We're exploring her book, The Church Who Hears God's Voice, equipping everyone to recognise and respond to the Spirit. So, 
the spirit is powerful and good, but we're looking at the whole of this divine human relationship. And Tanya, humanity is flawed, which means embracing the spirit can get messy, as you say in your book. Uh, Since the early church, a lot has happened in history then. And it's important to spend some time appreciating that context, because as you described, down the centuries, there's been some serious pendulum swinging around how we understand the spirit. Can you give us some examples? Yeah, if you look at history, you see that God is speaking, but humanity makes mistakes and they reject it and then they swing away and say, God has stopped speaking. We've got the Bible. That's enough. We don't want to have anything outside the Bible because it's too subjective. It's too emotional. We can get it wrong. And then after a while, the spirit keeps swinging, uh, speaking and the pendulum swings back again. And there are groups of people that have lost the anchoring of scripture, lost the foundations, if you like. So it's all spirit. It's all experience. It's all subjective. And those two extremes have continued throughout history. And of course, there's boundaries around um, the role of the spirit in terms of what the spirit says and does outside of scripture. And I think that's super, super important. And so in my book, I spent quite a bit of time establishing what that is to try and negotiate some of the problems that arise. Now, some of the problems that arise are never going to go away because whenever you get flawed, sinful humans mixing with God, you know, we hear what we want to hear. We see what we want to see. We make stuff up. We manipulate. We, it's, it's the nature of humanity. So that's going to happen. People will always um, make decisions about how they respond to God. But there are also things that we can do that we can put in place to make sure there is safety in this area in terms of discernment. So, Tanya, what about the impacts of periods of history like the Reformation and Enlightenment? Yeah, the Reformation was a really interesting time because it gave us so many good things about um, faith and justification and grace. But, but when it did that, it also put big question marks around hearing the Spirit around uh, outside the Bible, which has now created a bit of a problem for us. So if you look at the theological trajectory throughout history, we've got this idea that, you know, maybe it's not a good idea to hear outside the Bible. And so we get some distortions. And then we have people come along saying, well, I've heard from God and we haven't had a good theological framework for that. So one of the interesting things in my PhD research as I was trying to unpack this, I found that the practice of people hearing from God today in the same way as the scriptures, in the same way as the new covenant actually aligned better to Catholic theology. So again, you need to understand history to be able to understand that. But it was quite an amazing insight. Um, And I thought, well, that's consistent in, in many ways, because the Spirit has always been speaking as the continuing voice of Jesus. So there is consistency there. You mentioned your PhD and your research. Tell us a bit about what you did during that period. So it was qualitative research in the field of practical theology. So how theology works in practice. So basically, I got to hear a whole bunch of people's stories about how they heard from God, how they recognised it, and then what happened afterwards, essentially, which was actually an amazing experience because I got to hear all these 
stories, you know, God spoke and I was healed. God spoke and he provided this. God spoke and I was challenged to be involved in mission, to be generous, to be kind, to deal with my unforgiveness, et cetera, et cetera. And that was amazing. I felt like, oh, I was in a sacred place Mm -hmm. where I saw God at work. But I also looked at three different churches in this area and had a look at the dynamics around how the churches were handling this and uh, made some conclusions about what that is supposed to look like. One of the big insights is that hearing God's voice as a Christian means that we really need to be in a community where we can test those experiences and then follow up on those experiences. And some churches were doing it better than others. I, I often say one of the outcomes of it is if we're going to, if we if we embrace hearing the voice of the spirit, then we also need to embrace accountability within the church. And that means intentionally helping people to discern their experiences. Sometimes in churches we say, yes, you can hear the voice of God, but don't tell them how to test it. And I say it's a bit like giving a toddler a loaded gun. Hmm. It's a very dangerous thing to do. <laughs> this is Life Issues. I'm Vicky Gibbons, joined by the Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris, author of The Church Who Hears God's Voice, equipping everyone to recognise and respond to the spirit. And it's published by Authentic Media. Now, I know you've had experience of travelling the world, What do you see as some of the cultural differences as well? Say here in the West, if we take British culture, because part of being in community, part of testing those experiences needs a willingness to be open about what we're hearing personally from God, which doesn't always happen within some of our churches. Yeah, that is so true. One of the uh, the church resource that I developed encourages people to have conversations about their experiences. So the language we use is, what do you think the Spirit's saying to you? How do you know it's God? And how can I help you follow? But those questions are not easy questions. If you are not in a trusted space, if you are not accustomed to being vulnerable, because the Spirit speaks about all sorts of things in our hearts and for us to open up to other people requires vulnerability, requires trust. I remember, um, interestingly, in one church that used this particular resource, which is just a tool for getting people talking about their God conversations, um, it was a small group situation. And the leader said to me afterwards that the first few weeks were really awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people were like, oh, look, I don't know what to say. I feel embarrassed. But by the third or fourth week, people were talking and then suddenly they all started opening up about their marriages. So they're talking about their walk with God and their conversations with God, but then that spills over into the relationships, the the vertical part, the horizontal part of our lives. And I thought, isn't that just like God? Mm. Like if the essentially Christianity is love God, love people, then the Spirit's going to help us to do both. So... It does require communities that um, come together in authenticity and in love and trust where there's no sh- where there's no option for shame and judgment and I'm not going to feel condemned if I share what God is saying to me. Um, but I have a space to talk about these things. You know, I think God is saying this, or what do you think? Hmm. There are 
plenty of resources, blogs online. As you're listening today, we would encourage you to go to godconversations.com. Dr. Tanya Harris is my guest today. One of the stories you've mentioned, Jared the Farmer, one of the stories that really resonated with me after reading your book was Nicola and the Maggots. It's one of those that sticks in your mind, I think, because of her dream. But let's talk, let's talk dreams and visions and remind us what happened to Nicola. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it justice <laughs> to tell her story. Uh, it's it's a dream that she had and she was near Christmas time, I think it was, and her brother wanted to buy her a toy. And she said, I don't need a toy. I don't want a toy. And then she's in a, the next scene in the dream is that she sees herself as a child in a hut, a very poor hut, and her mother is beating her. And she runs out of the hut and she's, you know, in the slums. It's it's putrid. It's horrible. Her f- mm. And then suddenly she feels her feet hurting, you know, pain shooting up her legs. And the little um, person that she is turns her feet over and her f- the soles of her feet are being eaten by maggots. And then she yells out, I told you I don't need a toy. I don't need a toy. What I need is a pair of shoes. And Nicola tells the story that when she woke up, that she was weeping and that that continued for a, a long time just with compassion to help little children. And the outcome of that God conversation, it, it, it's a story, it's a journey, was that she started a mission in Africa um, working with these people. And one of their, one of the part of their ministries is to give children shoes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I tell that story because of the incredible Um, potency of how the spirit speaks and in that visionary capacity is not just using words you know go to Uganda and start a a ministry but actually what it does it can capture our emotions and our heart arrest us and help us to see as God sees and feel as God feels and the beauty of Holy Spirit doing that and changing us in the process uh, so that a person could sell up everything and move to another country is profound. And um, as people, you know, everyone has a different calling in life, but to be open to the Holy Spirit, to speak to us in that way, I think is a really powerful opportunity to be involved in what God is doing on the planet. I think what really struck me about her story as well was she had this dream, but it wasn't an instantaneous change in her life to go to Uganda. It took many years to work through clearly what God's spirit was communicating to her. Let's talk about why God speaks and our expectations then around sometimes we're expecting it all to be a conversation about fulfilling our needs and our desires. Yes, and this is one of the problems that I was trying to look at. And that can happen with us because, you know, God does speak for our encouragement and our strength and he does speak about our desires, but primarily Holy Spirit speaks as the continuing voice of Jesus. So what that means is I can expect that the Holy Spirit is more likely to speak to me about helping my spouse wash the dishes than giving me a red Ferrari. (laughs) And I think it's really important to understand that it's a relationship of submission and love and that when Holy Spirit speaks, there's that element of fellowship. So Jesus said, my people recognize my voice and they follow. And following Jesus looks like taking up our cross and 
dying to ourselves, mm. you know, allowing Holy Spirit to nail our sin and our selfishness and our greed on the on the cross. But on the other side of that is resurrection life, abundant life, fulfillment, joy, hope, peace, all of the good things that God has promised. So I think if we have that understanding about the kinds of things that Holy Spirit says, then we are in a position to hear God far more clearly because we make that choice, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. What of the safeguarding with this then? Because you do spend some time on this idea of God told me three very powerful words, which sadly there have been examples in the church where this has been open to abuse and manipulation. So probably the most important thing in this area is to have the confidence to know I can get it right, to hear from God, but the humility to know I can also get it wrong. And if we, if that's our starting point, we're going to eliminate a lot of the problems around this. The humility to know I can get it wrong is the humility to test everything I hear and to understand that testing has to happen outside of myself and within the community, within relationships that are loving and godly that can help me discern and that it is a two-way relationship with God. And it's not I often say it's not a microwave mentality. It doesn't just happen overnight. We don't get to know someone overnight. If you think about your closest friends in life, intimacy takes a while because it's the basis of trust and understanding how each other communicates, and it's exactly the same with God. So that process, particularly in the early days, I think it's a little bit like, you know, when you start to get to know someone, And I think perhaps people who have been married the first year of marriage, you know, what did you mean when you said this? (laughs) And we misinterpret each other. And so I think with God, it's not too dissimilar. Is that you, God? I think it was you, but I'm not sure. Can you please make it clear? And so if we have that humility as a starting point, then that's going to save us a lot of pain. Most of the God told me comes out of insecurity, out of manipulation. If God really has told us, then we don't need to declare it. It often speaks for itself. Um, and we don't certainly don't need to use the words God told me to cover up our, our own agendas. And that's where the danger happens. You're listening to UCB's Life Issues. Thank you for joining us. I'm Vicky Gibbons and alongside me, virtually from Australia, it's the start of my day and the end of hers, the Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris, pastor, speaker, author, theologian and founding director of God Conversations. Tanya, what about that individual that feels like God isn't speaking to them today or hasn't spoken in a while or... They've never felt like they've directly heard from God. And unlike other people, question if they're doing something wrong. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Um, The first thing to understand is that Holy Spirit is promised to all, sons and daughters, young and old. There's no corner on this. There's no specialness for this. There's no one, you know, the theologians don't get a special dispensation. The pastors don't get a special anointing for this. This promise was given to everyone. So to understand that this is for each one of us, I think is a good starting point. But then to understand the Spirit has probably already been speaking to you. Um, And 
sometimes it's the identifying and the recognition process. So sometimes it's just awareness um, and there's no condemnation here. There's nothing, you know, I think that in life there are certain personalities that tend to be more mystical and sensory and intuitive. I'm not one of those people. (laughs) Seriously, I, I have a friend and she is so intuitive like she'll walk into a room and she'll say oh can you feel the presence Mm. of god and i'm like where where is that i don't feel i don't feel that and i used to feel so bad like what is wrong with me and i'm unspiritual and you know then i was hanging out with some analytical thinkers um theologians and they're all nodding when they talk about this so there's just certain types of personalities that tend to lend themselves to mystical experiences and actually researchers back that up. But the point is Holy Spirit can speak to each one of us. I think that's partly why God speaks to me in dreams because he can get through. And it's just a matter of eyes open, ears open, seeking God first and trusting that God knows you and um, and then just learning to identify what that voice is. So developing a little bit of curiosity around that and coming to God saying, God, would you teach me what your voice sounds like? I want I want to know you for myself. Personally, do you ever feel that pressure, though? You speak to people around the world about hearing from God. And in the book, you reference how many people come to you and approach you and say, I'm not hearing from God. Do you feel the pressure to be sometimes the expectations of others to be that intermediary when people aren't hearing from God? <laughs> I do actually. <laughs> and then we have a conversation and then I'll say, well, tell me, what what do you think God's been saying? And then we'll start to talk about it and it becomes very clear that God has been speaking. And that's happened time and time and time again. So I think sometimes what we're looking for is what is different to our expectations aren't necessarily, you know, the preacher gets up and preaches about the amazing story and the lightning and this happened and that happened um, and perhaps hasn't shared the smaller stories, those minor promptings that are just as integral to our relationship as the major conversations. So I think it's really important to dignify both because both make up for a healthy Um, relationship. You're very honest in the book, though. You recognise that, you know, over your PhD, there wasn't a clear message from God over that decision of whether to go ahead or not. But you talk about this idea that actually sometimes it's about God allowing us because we are equipped and resourced to make those kind of decisions. (laughs) I know I kept expecting a God told me moment. I mean, God, PhD, it's, you know, six years of study. It's a lot of money. And I keep waiting for something. And, you know, I remember when I first started my PhD, I I ended up just having to make a decision to do it. And someone said to me um, at the beginning, isn't it so good that God, you know, spoke to you about doing a PhD? And I said, he didn't. He said nothing. It was my decision. And then I realized, you know, and that's perfectly okay because I have the resources and the skills um, and the information to be able to make my own decision. And that's godly too. So one, it's a partnership, it's a friendship and not a dictatorship. So I think it's really important to dignify our human role in walking with God. I don't need a word from God over every decision I make. And uh, that's where the dynamic of friendship comes in. Jesus said, I've come to call you friends. And there's that beautiful picture where 
walking along the road that I often have in my mind where, where God says, I want you to do this on this occasion. And on another occasion, God says, well, what do you want to do on this occasion? And I think both happen and both are important and both are what makes up our walk with God. I was really struck, Tanya, after reading your book, that these hearing God experiences, they're not going to make our lives necessarily a whole lot easier. They are going to bring challenge. They're going to bring instability to our churches. We should be expectant of this. And part of your book is very much about exploring this whole, the spirit versus scripture. Why do you believe the spirit can speak in to contemporary issues today beyond the confines of the Bible? I, I think that's what the mo- the model that Jesus gave us when he left the planet. And, you know, I think about the conversation that God had with Peter about the Gentiles. Uh, you would have thought that Jesus would have raised that very clearly early on, but he gave some indicators, of course, but he left it to the Spirit in a vision while Peter's waiting for lunch and he dreams about food. You know, (laughs) it's a nebulous kind of mystical experience. How can you trust that? But Jesus did. So if Jesus left the spirit to be able to talk about those kinds of things, I really do believe that the spirit wants to speak to the church today about contemporary issues that aren't in scripture. I mean, I think about um, issues like IVF or um, how we use social media. These are these are current day issues, and I think we should be expecting Holy Spirit to speak about those things. It's been a fascinating conversation. To recap three of the crucial questions as part of this, what do you think the Spirit is saying? How do you know it's God? How can I help you follow? The book explores many different aspects of church of how we can be engaging with the Spirit, not only from a scriptural context, but also through worship, through our small groups. It's a really practical guide, Tanya, that you've put together. It's been such a blessing for me to read as well. Would you pray today for anyone who wants to hear from God? And that whole idea of embracing God and testing what the Spirit is saying to us as a community. Mm. Love to, Vicky. Father, we thank you that you didn't leave us alone, but you sent us your Holy Spirit to continue to walk with us and to speak to us. We thank you this gift of the Spirit is available to everyone who chooses to follow Jesus. So, God, we come to you and we fully embrace your gift. We thank you for it. And, God, for those who are listening today, I pray, God, that you will give them eyes to see, ears to hear what you're saying to them. May they experience the reality of your promise in their own lives, reminding them of all that Jesus spoke and then continuing to apply that to their lives. I pray for spiritual and revelatory and insightful experiences, God, that will change their lives and invite them to be part of your mission here on earth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wherever people are at, I know Holy Spirit is a gift and it's for everyone and there's no special people in the kingdom. And I encourage people just to continue to seek God and to continue to follow Jesus and to see where God will lead them because the result will be your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And this is what we signed up for. 
The Reverend Dr. Tanya Harris, thank you so much for being our guest as part of Life Issues today. My pleasure, Vicky. And in her book, The Church Who Hears God's Voice, equipping everyone to recognise and respond to the Spirit, Tanya offers much more detail about understanding prophecy today, dealing with contemporary issues and how God's Spirit relates to such matters, as well as strategies for pastoring the church who hears God's voice. Her book is published by Authentic Media. Whilst there is power in hearing from God, we have to acknowledge it is complex and has thrown up problems for the church. But as we've heard today, throughout the Bible, God has communicated with his people. As Jesus said in John's Gospel, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. As we deepen our personal relationship directly with God, as we test what we hear and receive, we should be able to declare boldly how we're recognising the spirits at work within us and through us. Remembering too that such revelatory experiences should always be about the advancement of God's kingdom over any personal desires. Thank you for listening to this episode of Life Issues. Make sure you subscribe to the series or access more episodes for free via the UCB Player app.